and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Duran, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, and Oh Dear Weekly, the new Oh Dear newsletter <laughs> for all Oh Dear Nation. Uh, this week we're here to talk about the things that will make your mother clutch her pearls and go, Oh dear. Yes. With me as always, in person for yes, the first right. time yeah, in baby. over a year. Oh my god. Nick Whitmer. I lied Brett about Rabel. the vaccine. I'm just letting <laughs> <laughs> I have COVID right now. This is worth it. I've told you I'm I get more Republican as the pandemic goes, just in terms of yeah. coronavirus. I said that at a show and audience didn't they didn't weren't with me. But I just said just in terms of the COVID, everything else yeah. is crazy. But just COVID It's hard to get that to work in New York. Yeah, but you it's true. You're like, you know, a year ago, you were like, fucking get inside, mask up, stay away. And at this point, I'm like, sometimes people die. Yeah, man. Fuck it. We're all nihilistic. This pandemic has done a number on us. Yeah. Uh, but we're here. We're in person. Live we're in Brett's to compound. V-Box studio. <laughs> Can you feel the energy? <laughs> that was our old recording uh, studio in they're, still yeah, Dumbo, they're still yeah. at it. Yeah. They're, they're still, still at it. Yeah. They yeah. They're still doing up. it. Good stuff. That's good. Yeah. I remember we, we used to get so frustrated because like getting all the files to download to his oh computer would God. take like at least an hour after the show. After the show, I would be sitting there and I still couldn't upload the podcast. I would literally upload it onto a computer. And, and the good thing about we use Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Anchor.fm. Mm. Check it out. If you want to do a podcast, do Anchor. Do Anchor. Um, Fun for the whole family. Anchor.gov. So the good thing about Anchor is they the <laughs> when you log in, there's synergy between like your login on your laptop and your login on your your phone. Mm. So like I would get to a certain point to where I finally got the podcast onto Anchor and it would start to download, yeah. and I couldn't stay in that studio anymore because it was hot and it would just needed to get home. I had to work the next morning, and I would just shut the laptop open my phone and on the walk home to the subway and then when I had service on the subway I would be uploading the podcast on my phone <laughs> by the time I got off the last stop I would hit submit and then the podcast would go out <laughs> it's because it would take so long we don't have that issue anymore no thank god damn yeah. that was you know that was our um you know that was our that was before we sold out and got yeah, exorbitantly wealthy from the podcast <laughs> and from stocks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But now that we're rich and uh, yeah, you, you know, know we have a house to record in. I yeah. know. It's it so this funny huge because compound. just knowing Brett, you know, you know how Brett lives. He, like he doesn't. This apartment costs nothing, right? What's up? So before we were uh, coming here, uh, we were texting like, house. all right, what house? Excuse me. Yeah, it's a brownstone. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, a, a brownstone. It's pretty yeah, magnificent. Why don't you brush your feet a little more? <laughs> next you walk in? Four, four, <laughs> it's four stories. I know. It really is. Yeah. Well, the funny thing was like we were we were texting like, all right, what what equipment do we need? Microphones? How many cables? This and that and that. And then there was a moment where I was like, should I ask Brett if he has chairs? <laughs> 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 it's a possibility. There's a possibility we get here and there's like, oh, there's no shit, chairs. Guys, there's we're just, chairs. We're just standing up, standing, <laughs> just looking at each other with all the computers on a floor. It's <laughs> just hilarious to picture. I'm picturing like a little like crisscross applesauce yeah. circle with pillows on the floor. And I only say that oh, because I, I, I used to have friends who would like, those kinds of friends who be like, hey man, I'm, you want to come over and like do whatever, like play Xbox or something? And you go to their place and they're like, oh shit, I forgot I don't have an Xbox. I thought you would bring yours. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you yeah. want to just hang out now? Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, no. do you, we all have to split this one beanbag chair. I hope that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
which is fine when you're 11 to right, yeah. that chair. But like when you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, dude, I only have one beer for the both of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Do you mind doing a run? <laughs> As they get there. Yeah. And really? just tacking on like, oh, and I also need oh, like shit. detergent. Dude, I would have friends like that. They would be like, you, you get the car. And then they'd be like, oh, dude. Uh, we're driving to like the arcade. All right. Awesome. Halfway to the arcade. Hey, can you stop and make a quick left over here? And then you just like end up picking up weed or something. Yeah, You're <laughs> just the wheel man. Yeah, in this exactly. Gang. Uh, and then you so get to funny. the arcade and they're like, I don't have any quarters. <laughs> and you realize the whole, the point was to pick like, up weed. Do you want to go home and smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you just drop me off actually. Just yeah. drop me off. <laughs> well, it's like growing up, uh, we would always do this thing where the joke was you would call your sibling into the room. Like, you know, Al, get up here as you were in, like, you know, 10, 1030 trying to fall asleep. Al, yeah. you're like, come here. And then she walk in and you just go like, all right, can you turn the light off? <laughs> and the point was just to get them into the room. Yeah, and they had then to turn go, the light off. Like, all right, good night. I love you. All right, will you turn the light off? You flip that light. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you don't have to do the work. But we're in a house, man, and I want you to know I have... I got like I got like I got five chairs downstairs. Dude, I got five chairs. We're in the sitting in chairs. Floor. There's two empties right here. No, dude. We could have two guests right now. No, we could have two guests. So I would like you to say, you know what? I was wrong and Brett. I was wrong. And Brett <laughs> I want to suck you off. <laughs> no, you gave up your... Because you have chairs? That's it? Yeah, man. You know, I'm not gay, but these chairs, I don't know. I just... I mean, come here, Brett. The fact that you have them. <laughs> Natasha, we need to talk. <laughs> Earlier today, Brett had chairs. <laughs> I was willing to bet my lips on it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to come between us. I still love you. Like, this doesn't change anything. I'm, I'm so excited. By the way, babe, if you really want me, just get some chairs. <laughs> get some more chairs. I am going to go over there again tomorrow. <laughs> you know how I'm a man of my word, right? <laughs> you open it to try and soften the blow to get into it. And she's like, yes. What's up? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So fucking funny. Yeah, but this is the Brett Rabel. You said compound, which I like Joe Rogan as a compound. I got a compound, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah. This feels like a very arty house. Like, if you were, like, a hipstery, a real, like, Brooklyn-y hipstery type dude, you could, I feel like you would have, like, people in different rooms doing art and shit. Yeah couple of random like you mean finger work. paintings by you mean, yeah. this is art we're podcasting oh. yeah dude <laughs> this is fucking high art bro this is yeah. really high it's art it's art man <laughs> <laughs> we're sticking it to the man with his own device like <laughs> I don't know what that means oh boy you are, yeah it is a very artsy house it's yeah. uh, very uh, you know a little bit bohem chic bohemian yeah. chic I would say it um the my friend who I kind of have the house through, um, you know, he's uh, he's like in a punk band, and I I've learned the most important thing about punk is being true, and uh, I think that's what the house reflects. I think it's like a true, it's a true house. This it's is fucking weird. true. It's that's like the word. It's just like it's true. <laughs> where it's just like it's. I think this house is. It's got some nice accoutrement decorations. 
It's dope. I got, you know, I have a room. I have 12 rooms. I have a room devoted to just a pile. Let's call it my laundry room, but it just has a pile of laundry. In it. Yeah, he, he, he was giving me a tour. He's like, oh, this is my laundry room. And I walk in. You th- When you think laundry room, you're like, oh, there's hampers and washing. No, it's just a pile of like four shirts and a couple socks <laughs> where i yeah. put my laundry because i don't need it in my room i gotta yeah. fucking i'll put the smelly laundry in another room yeah, yeah dude i got the rooms for it fucking right dude you got rooms everywhere you forget about the laundry and it's like don't go in that <laughs> don't go there it smells like that's the laundry room we don't open that we walk into his bedroom and uh there's a a little Chill. trash bag with uh some some kleenex in it he goes oh no dude those are from fucking they're not from jerking <laughs> off and, and i was like yeah like yeah dude they were they would be gross if you just jerked off of yeah. them but <laughs> since it came from fucking dude it's sick give me a high five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a trophy right there bro <laughs> Yeah, I put some into Wit's bag when he wasn't looking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Some you used to have a joke Cummy about cummy tissues. I did. I, I, did I, you? Yeah, yeah it, you I had, had a, something. It was like a punchline that was like, cummy tissues was a Christian Duran It really was. Punchline of some sort. It really was. Yeah, it joke? was just so disgusting that I was like, I was actually embarrassed by that one because I was like it, really? it was one of those things that I was like that's so gross like why would you even ever say that to a person <laughs> <laughs> Christian has a high standard for um, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to gross anybody out with his stand up or hurt because he had a bit when we first started about a cuckold video oh, like yeah. way before I ever yeah. heard anybody do anything about cuckold Dude, you were a fucking I was 10 years early. ahead man. yeah and then he was wow. he was doing this act out of this like big black dude fucking this white woman. He's like, yeah, because I just got it, back from the gym. It was from a real video. <laughs> it was from a real video. That was the whole thing. I heard about this video. They played tra- clips of it on Howard Stern. And I was just like talking about the clips they played basically as if I had seen the video, which is a good cover for actually having seen the video. Uh, <laughs> no. You're like, I also jerked off. <laughs> no, but, but in the video, it was a black, because cuckold porn, a lot of it is like racist. Yeah. yeah so, it's, it's built on the implication of like, uh-oh, a black guy is going to bang this bl- white woman. Exactly. And that white dad. Husband. Is gonna, yeah. Or the white dad. Oh, shit. I love, look how weird. Brett making it all family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those family friendly, cuck- those PG cuckold yeah. videos. But yeah, it was like, and the, the whole thing was like, the funny part of it to me was like the, black guy was like taunting him he's like "Ugh, i just came back from the gym like Ugh. i was like this ain't even sexual this is gross yeah but then uh. at the end of the video like the black guy leaves and the the woman is like oh isn't that what you wanted baby you wanted me to see fuck a black guy he goes i wanted you to fuck a black guy that fucking nigger was light skin. And then my joke was that like, Oh my God, that's the best surprise ending ever. That's way better than the six cents. <laughs> like I was this guy's just it. watching his wife get railed by a black guy, yeah. but then he's thinking the entire time, like, I'm not going to be able to come hard Holy from this shit. because he's not dark enough. That's that, insane. Yeah. That fucking, that was an improv. The director was like, Holy shit. That's one that, <laughs> Holy we're shit. leaving that in. That's Bruce. one. That was a bit I had when I left Florida. And when I came to New York, I realized how different it was. Like that was one that kind of worked early on. And then I would do it more in New York and people were like, that's like not okay to say <laughs> like at all. Right. Any of this. Yeah. Like people really clenched up to the point where I was like, all right, maybe not this one anymore. What, are you afraid of getting cucked? Yeah. When I first started, I it, like, <laughs> I think you go through like a gross phase. I had a couple really gross bits about like, I, I'm trying to remember what basically the premise of the joke was like, if you watch porn, every porn ends in like a facial and a woman just like loving, like getting showered with cum on her face. And 
It's like if you watch that and you don't know anything about sex, you just think that women just love cum. You know what I mean? And then like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like when you grow up and have sex with girls, you realize it's like not true. It's oh, like, what? What it is? It's not. It's not. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like when you when you start dating people in your relationships, it's like you you realize there's a the, the joke was like there's a monumental shift in like wanting a girl to suck your dick because she loves cum mm. versus wanting her to suck your dick because she loves you. And I don't remember any of the jokes for it, but I remember it was just really dirty and it was just about that shift of yeah. like growing up into realizing people have feelings and it's not all <laughs> sick and fucking, you know what I mean? Uh, but it, I remember like it would do well some nights, but some nights it was just people just like, can right. you stop talking about this? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah, I'm also like two years in. So yeah, like, you're was, not good enough to navigate. That's like, so funny. You're just dirty and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to say the worst shit. But that was also like a very specific era. That was like the post-Louis hilarious era. Yeah. And I was thinking about that because uh, Natasha was playing this YouTube video. It was like Louis, the lost hour. Mm -hmm. And it was Louis CK, but it was all the bits from Louis. Louis. I actually watched that video before. So it was like an hour. And then we were listening to him in the car and you realize like in in hindsight, you're like, dude, this dude is only talking about cum for like an hour. Right. Like he's only talking about cum. It's like it's to the point where you listen to it now you're like jesus dude like yeah. <laughs> we should have seen it coming yeah right it was uh, like i thought was, that too that is uh i mean <laughs> but look that was like the era like if you were influenced by louis that's what you were talking yeah, about yeah it was between like i started in 2011 and his his rise really started right around then like 2010 2011 so from like 2010 to like 2013 it was all that. It yeah. was white guys like me doing white Louis guys on stage, bitch, like trying to use the N word. Yeah, trying to get away <laughs> with shit. I never did that. Uh, I did one joke about like because it was all self deprecating. Was and, there a lot of? Oh, sorry. What's up? Was there a lot of white guys really biting off N word premises? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I would. Like, I mean, like a, a lot. A like, lot. All right. And, a lot in relation to like how many should have been. Yeah, it like, was like you would hear one in every month or two maybe yeah is that right would you say yeah it was like why can't i say it basically why yeah. can't i say it bits and like it's just a word guys come on yeah 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 and uh, there was a lot of like especially on twitter at that time there was a lot of like guys we have to make fun of people dying otherwise like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. death wins <laughs> like I don't know. yeah there was I don't a lot know. of that yeah, they were like, we have to go over the line as much as possible for yeah. comedy to keep going. That hit really hard because he took over the zeitgeist for a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's the biggest. He was the biggest comedian in America, of and was still, you know, to use the word like true. Like he was still like a really good comedian while also being the biggest. And oftentimes, sometimes when someone gets that mainstream, their art or their stand-up in this case can be more like diluted Mm -hmm. and i think it was that that was probably a lot of comedians missing the point of what louis was doing and like louis was able to draw really interesting lines and they think they don't aren't seeing like the nuance and the thought behind it Mm -hmm. and just seeing the glitzy maybe like gross word or cuss or not cuss word but or you know, gross word or even like a slur. Like, yeah. uh, right. You know, well, that's you, why I, you know, I think what it was, it was on the heels of the Dane Cook generation of comedy where comedy was cool 
and comedy was like hip and comedy was like a dude who was handsome dressed well trying to be fucked. aggressive you know what I'm I mean fucked and I'm bringing it back bro <laughs> well then Louis came and he was super self-deprecating he's a balding redhead all his material was like things that you were supposed to not talk about like he talked about his kids he talked self-deprecating he talked about jerking off and I think it was like <clears throat> the perfect time the shift in comedy from like the Dane Cook walking out to do a special like you're a wrestler entering the arena like yeah. going like yeah me having, like, going I don't ready to laugh yeah, yeah super like, yeah it's a show bitch you know like that loud brash celebration of like you know it, like comedy isn't Madison Square Garden it's not arenas it's not like that was Dane Cook's life and he kind of took over the, the zeitgeist of comedy at that point yeah and Louis comes in and he's talking about jerking off. I don't know. I think he just took over the zeitgeist because he was so self-deprecating. He made fun of himself. He was very much in. He's relatable. Aesthetic very relatable. Art, yeah. Artistic. Uh, like Dane Cook's not relatable. Dane Cook. Yeah. Well, like, Dane Cook did a lot of observational stuff, but Dane Cook leaned into being a rock star. Louis yeah, was right. always ever. I'm just a comic in the back of the room, at least in terms of how it was perceived. Yeah, right. It's not to say Dane Cook's stuff still wasn't really good, because I think a lot of comics well, of in course. retrospect shit on Dane. And I was I like, know. this guy's a fucking murderer. Shut the fuck up that he's not still a great comedian. Has I there, hate the Dane hate. Has there ever been a more hated comedian than Dane Cook? Like, Men- Mencia is the only one who has a Mencia, case. But it's because like, he had ripped jeans <clears throat> and a fucking wristband. Yeah. And like, he was attractive, and he was... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, and it was because it was like, <clears throat> he kind of had that... He almost had that like shitty rock ascetic of like yeah. the Nickelback ascetic. He really did, and it was like early two thousand his hair, but so like so what? Like yeah. you're he still was doing stand up at an awesome level at an impressive clip, and uh, but it's like we there's these shifts where somebody comes and they're new and Dane Cook was new. He had that fucking stand-up comedy special on uh, the stand-up presents where he was wearing a, a wife beater and he was doing all this crazy physical stuff. That was so new to people and they loved it. But then people shift and they start hating it. It's yeah. like Ellen. Ellen was bound to get taken down, even if she didn't do anything or if she did do anything. Nah, I'm not going to pretend like she did or didn't. She but, did. But, but will, my point is, did. regardless if she did or didn't, when you spend that much time in the limelight of like, Ellen is America's sweetheart, people eventually are going to be like, how can we t- fucking knock this bitch down a couple <laughs> pegs? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it happened to Dane. We, we saw the We think we talked about it on the podcast with Star Wars and stuff. <clears throat> the video of... Everybody leaving episode one after the midnight showing of Star Wars, the prequel, walking out, every fan, people dressed up as Star Wars people, clearly huge nerds, were like, that was the best movie I've ever seen. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. And then some time passed and they're like, wait a second, that fucking sucked. And they're embarrassed to like it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Dane Cook. They were yeah. embarrassed that they liked Dan Cook so much, so they turned and they were like, "No, I never liked that dude. He sucks, dude. He's a bitch." But there were, and I think people do that. There were like contemporaries who were like, "It was weird because nobody openly shits on comics in that way unless they did something like Chris D'Elia or Tony Hinchcliffe." In recent memory, like nobody openly goes, that guy sucks unless they like unless they get Dan didn't they, do a, like a crime or Dan even, didn't or do even anything. like a. Faux pas. Right. And people said he sucked. Uh, the like, joke stealing thing was his. Th- was accu- the thing. Was the thing that started it, I think. But like, he, like Kevin Hart basically, not is Dane Cook, but like he's an arena comic who, who sells movies, out and does movies. Year, and yeah. is a, 
some would say overexposed, right? Right. So, but he doesn't even get, like, he's pretty universally respected. You know what I mean? Right. It's weird. It's just strange to me that, like, how openly negative people were to him. It was because he was done in by, he was not done in, but his fan base was this, right. or at least the imagery of his fan base, like the stereotype image was of, like, fratty douchebags yeah. and, like, they were fickle. silly, stupid sorority girls. Yeah. And um, he, you know, one great thing is bringing new people to stand-up comedy. I think there's something cool about introducing people to stand-up who aren't just, like, comedy comedy fans who are, like, watched Mr. Show. And, yeah. Like, I think it's cool yeah. to bring people to comedy that aren't just, like, well, comedy nerds. Yeah, and his, his started from MySpace. So he got all those young people, those college kids who were on MySpace and high school kids who were on MySpace. And, like, he got all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> and... um I think that was probably some resentment too, because people shit on people who have younger fan bases for some reason. Yeah, that's true. But like you, you, um, it's just funny because he's like a young guy, you know, rock star comedian. I think if you're like, not to, like, the image I get is of like, not to say that this guy was like the, but like a Todd Berry, you're like a dude who's been doing it for a long time, bald, short comedian. Right. You might be like resentful of him, but like, the thing that blew my mind was like Adam McKay in Step Brothers. Mm -hmm. Like they wrote the line of like the douchebag brother mm -hmm. goes, everybody get in the car, Dane Cook, 15 minutes, let's go. Right. And it's like, that's, so it's supposed to be, so the joke is the douchebag, the biggest douchebag in the movie loves Lo Dane loves Cook, Dan Cook right. as a piece of texture to the character. Like, right. <laughs> so like, like I forgot about it's that. so openly like shit on like Jesus Christ, dude. Like nobody shits on people in Hollywood in that way anymore. I don't think. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually yeah. that's tough press too, because everybody's worried about being like toxic or like yeah. uh, be, like what happened to Ellen. Like I don't even know what happened to Ellen, but it seems to me we were talking a little bit before on the podcast um, before you got here, Christian. Is like other people's problems all of a sudden become our problems now? Yeah. Like in the context of. I'm not going to go into details because it's not my story to tell, but a friend of mine went on a date with a girl and basically she said the date went poorly because her past trauma, he didn't, uh, he didn't basically treat her the way she needed to be treated based off of her past trauma. Yeah. And my point is like, at what point is your mental illness on you? Mm. Why is it on everybody around us to make sure that you're okay? Like I get, we should have, we should have like wheelchair ramps, right. you know, we should do things like that where we can help people who have trauma, but yeah. it's also like well, that's, yeah. once the a storefront has a wheelchair ramp in front of it, it's also not my responsibility anymore to like make sure that every person with a wheelchair is okay. Like yeah. it's like a little bit on you the person with a wheelchair to navigate your life as a person in a wheelchair. It sucks. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry. I, I don't want you to be in a wheelchair. I, whatever happened, I'm really sorry about. Like, I really hope you're doing okay. But it also, I'm not going to make sure that everything I do is in service of that of a person who I don't know. But did she tell <clears throat> this person that she had trauma? I don't know all the story, but basically, okay. like, I, I mean, even so, it's like if like if I went on a date with a girl and she's like, my uncle molested me. It's like, okay, well, I'm not a therapist, so I'm exactly. Don't, yeah. I don't know how I'm supposed to handle you right. then, and it's not my responsibility. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's unfair to think unfair. everybody should have cycle like psych like training, in right? No way to and that's all you have to do. It's not like CPR. And that's there's just <laughs> keywords because this girl also said to a, another person that like 
just you can just say this. We went out, and at the end of the night, I just I felt scared. And if you're the guy in the situation who made a girl feel scared, then that automatically paints predator vibes, right. and you're done. Like yeah. that's all they have to do is go. I was you made me feel scared, and you're you're done. That's all it is. It's like we we like, celebrate ah, victims. I should not have worn the Jason Voorhees mask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? That's, that's ah, my COVID mask. Yeah. But I put the little surgical but, over it. But or even more so, not scared, unsafe. If they say unsafe, like I yeah. never, I didn't feel safe. Yes, that means it's a very vague accusation. Yeah, that and it could mean anything. It could mean he right. drove too fast. You know what I mean? Or yeah. it could mean he's a predator. There's such a spectrum in there. But I just feel like we just live in this world now where like we all like we've we 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 ignored victims for too long and now victims trump everything. And if yeah. you're a victim of something Or then, alleged you're a victim. Yeah. And so like every and everybody's trying to come out with a reason why they're a victim. Yeah. So they don't cause because privilege is the most overrated thing in the in the world right now. Everybody's like, Oh, you're white, you lived a privileged life. Life. Okay, that's true. But you know what? For the first time, being privileged is overrated because everybody who gets special treatment now is gets special treatment because of some sort of victimization or something along In those certain lines. Environments, In yeah. certain environments, obviously, there's other things. But, I'm not, you know, but no, you go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. I think people also act like privilege is this like golden Willy Wonka golden ticket, and like they also will apply regardless of your life circumstances due to perhaps even like, let's just say in your case, Wit, you do not come from privilege. You, yes, you are white and there are, you know, as examples of white privilege in society, but you were raised on a fucking mountain um, in a terrible like piece of shit, like backwater area with <laughs> a bunch of fucking like, world. worst, like <laughs> absolute dumpster fire. Like bullshit of, neighbors. <laughs> Fucking garbage people, right? Surrounded by just total dumb fuck morons. <laughs> um, and despite all of that, you know, you merge pretty good. <laughs> no, but no, but basically, like, the point is, is yes, we're both white, but there are, I sometimes think in all of this focus on like even white privilege, class privilege, or other forms of privilege get completely dismissed. And right. they're like, they're not totally like one always trumps another. I just think uh, a lot of like rich liberals don't want to talk about class. But I also see that white people will come out because if you're a white person, you have white privilege unless you announce that you have trauma and then your trauma is now a trump card to your privilege because now no one can say I live a privileged life because I have past trauma. So now I'm a victim too. And it's like everybody's trying to find a way that they're a victim so they're protected from criticism. Like everybody is like, how can I come out with a reason why no one can criticize me? If they criticize me, then they are anti whatever my trauma is. Exactly. That's what it is. It's just just like they're trying to find a cheat code to life. They're trying to basically be like, you can't criticize me. I'm I'm gay or I'm this, I'm that. Like, and if you do criticize me, you're homophobic or you're racist or you're, you know, anti-woman I, you or know you're, what? and that's all like, everybody does now. It's boring. It's vaguely related and I'm not claiming, you know, but I do think in the Me Too era, there were some stories that you're like, damn, that's a Me Too. Right. And then I think I have this idea for a term or whatever. Some of them you're like, it's like a Me Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's like a, yeah. It's, like a me too. <laughs> it's not a full two. It's a, 
Yeah. You're like, it's me too. I mean, he ordered red wine and not white. I, I think there's like white. Yeah. Yeah, there's sure. a me too and there's a yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what it should be. Then there's a hashtag sure, yeah, okay. Sure, sure, lady. Sure, okay. <laughs> sure. That's, uh, and most of them were twos. I'm not, but I'm just saying there were some tens in the right. mix. It's yeah. like Aziz's new show or his old show, Masters Master of None, None, is back. And I, I haven't seen any of it. I have no idea what it is. No one cares. I, I really liked the show. Shows. I thought it was a good show before and apparently this new season focuses more on Lena Waithe's character yeah. and, and he's barely in it. Yeah. And the, the the critics basically were like this is Aziz trying to dodge uh, having to answer for what he did. And I was like okay, well first of all, it's him. You can't win. It's it's him. If he made himself the, the role of it or the whole star of it, it would be criticism in the other way of like, exactly. oh, he didn't give Lena Waithe enough and he's the one. Yeah. But also like, he plays a fictional character in the show. Right. He doesn't play Aziz Ansari. He plays an actor. Yeah. So like, why does he have to address his personal shit that may or may not have even been bad in the first place with, with a fictional character? You know, it makes no sense. It's just so win. weird. It's like, yeah. yeah, you can't win. Exactly. It's just so weird because like the expectation now is like in like TV and movies and stuff is like this weird kind of literalism yeah. in the sense that like, like Aziz's character or if Louis did a new season of his show, people would expect that he would be in a Me Too conflict right. or yeah. something like that. Whereas, and also there, there's this expectation of like, if you give a person of color uh, like if you give a Chinese woman uh, a TV show, the expectation is that it's, it's about, about her, a chi- being, her Chinese. being Chinese in right. high school or something. Whereas like she can't write a show about fucking magic carpets and shit. Yeah. Like, she, like she there's can't make, no imagination. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, like I've talked to also like liberal people too who are like it's diminishing to only ever view – like even a person of color as your person of color. So tell me your right. person of color story. Because yeah. You can only yeah. tell person of color stories because right. that's the id about you. You're absolutely right. That's Why can't so diminishing. A fucking the main, this, limiting. A, like a funny Chinese woman write a show, funny doctors, like, like just funny yeah. doctors yeah. or they're just, or just silly shit. It's an animated show about whatever. Or they're on Mars or something. Like, yes. you know, like, what, like, like not, it doesn't, it doesn't have matter. to be. Yeah. Right. Like, Sure, the Chinese or there's whatever, but like it doesn't fucking. It's not like this is my story. Yeah, and I think a lot of people on like a more liberal side, it's like trendy to or trendy or it's like correct. It's seen as more moralistic to like first view person a person as their identity. But the ultimate goal, truthfully, and this is a conservative. It's now it's now a faux pas. You're not allowed to say it. I don't see color is like, oh, you're an idiot white person. Right. Yeah. You're a dumbass. But the ultimate goal would truly to be to get to a society that doesn't see color, that your skin color is as interesting as your hair yeah. color. I know we're not there. I'm not acting like, let's get post-racial, guys. But like at least not – you can understand where some – conservatives do want to bend toward that. They just fucking deny all the past shit in their attempt to get there. And you just got to like take the reality of the past, how it still is influencing the present and not just simply dilute people down into their fucking race, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera. It's funny that like (laughs) the thing is like, I don't see color is like 
an ignorant thing to say now for some reason. But the opposite is, dude, I'm super aware of Chinese people. I'm super aware of black people at all times. That's what makes it so... It's just like you want people to treat people the same. And I get like the I don't see color thing is also like someone being black shouldn't be erased in the certain their blackness shouldn't be erased yeah, and stuff like like- but like at the same time though it's like there is certain there is an argument like you said to where like if we want to get to the point where we're all good you you the, the the issue is but not the main issue but part of it too is like you can't be prideful of your race here we go what's happening you, you, but you know but you know like in a way like think about it this way like if you yeah, yeah. if like if you're a person who is super proud of being Chinese and you're always, and that's your whole mission statement. That's totally cool and fine and stuff. But like, you're always going to be like the person who is pushing their identity as a Chinese person, which is obviously fine. But if the goal is for everybody to kind of like, for you just to blend in and be yourself without it being an issue, it's like, you're also being very loud about that's who you are. I don't know. It's it's a thing because like white people can only be pride have pride if they're Irish or Italian. They're the only two whites who can have any type of pride for anything like that. I'm like even German pride's weird. Like you can't be like, eh, yeah, really no, no, German no, pride? Yeah. You can do Oktoberfest, but only one day in October, <laughs> not like the whole <laughs> no, month. Whole like shit. come on, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It's a, there's a post-racial argument there that you could make the argument that we would be better off not paying as much attention to each other's races, but also you can make the argument that a lot of cultures enrich everything, and if we could just have everything independently... It's um, like it both can exist. Yeah, you know I mean, it's yeah. like it is... It's just both and no extreme version of it. Because, of course, I don't want... Yeah, I don't think it's... I think there is a beauty to different cultures. No, sh- like of, of course. course, I don't yeah, want yeah. just everyone to be this monochromatic J Crew. We're all just yeah, like. Yeah. But that's the other thing about TV shows is like accents not allowed. Yeah, like accents. Yeah. If you're Chinese, you talk yeah. like this, no matter what. Right, you just talk yeah. like that. No Chinese people. Yeah, who, unless or their parents have fucking act. They, the parents like, have accents. Like when they do these shows, the parents, like the grandmother, has accent and she's played for comedy by the. It's yeah. always the same way. It's always the, the mom and dad, like Aziz's show, the mom and dad have accents. Mm-hmm. Like Aquafina's show, her grandmother has an accent. It's like, it's, but the joke is supposed to be like about third generationness or first generationness versus sure. like whatever. Third generation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And the, but it, it's, it's ultimately like, it's okay if they do it, but it's not okay if anybody else does. Which well, is, I guess, I, what I find the strangest about it is like, if you're an Indian actor and you go play the bodega guy who has to do the thank you, come again thing, right? Right. Like on film that can't exist anymore. But if I walk into a bodega and the owner that is guy an Indian exists. guy with that accent, it's like, are we diminishing this guy as a person? Right. Because I will say, like, this guy, if he's not from here, moved here and started a business, and that's amazing. Yeah. And he doesn't have to speak white, right. proper English in order for me to appreciate what he did. You know what I mean? So, like, there is a little bit of, like, whitewashing in a way where, like, oh, no, no accents. Or, or like, if you're an Indian guy, guy go ahead. Or the bodega guy, like, I've had him make it, like, they made it like a, a 29-year-old, better-looking version of me. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what are we what? talking yeah. about? Right. Maybe, like, a 50-year-old Russian, but they're yeah. not looking like me, like a guy you'd work at Nickelodeon with. Right, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's really funny. I think I texted you guys about this, which was, uh, there was a... a, a this writer on Twitter and she was tweeting about like, oh God, she was tweeting this thing 
that said, like, just because I'm blank, whatever ethnicity she was, was like, just because I'm, let's say she was Korean. Uh, let's say she was black. Uh, her thing was like, just because I'm black doesn't mean you can ask me about, I'm not an e- your expert on black culture or whatever, right? right? But then you look at the, her other tweets and it's like, we need representation. Black people should be telling black stories. Like white people should not be writing black stories. And it's like, so, so are you an expert or not? Like, yeah. so either you're an expert and we get to ask you about your culture or you're not. And we all get to tell those stories. I got, like, I don't, what do you want? Right. Sure. I, I, yeah, I, I don't get how, and if you're making Besides a, a job, if you're making a job a, in power, if it's understandable, if, I if, if it. you're writing a show about a mailman, like King of Queens, you're making King of Queens, UPS guy, you can make him a black guy yeah. and be a white person and just do that. It's the same show. It's the same show. People would oh, argue that it is. You know if they I mean? casted a, jovial chubby black guy yeah instead it's of like Kevin you, James and he's not relevant yeah. yeah even if he's married to the the same woman and the same uh, Ben Stiller's dad is there and he's just a big black guy whatever like you might be able to add some jokes about him being a different race into the jokes but the show's still the same and you don't need to be a yeah. black person to tell that story so I guess what it is is like it seems limiting to be like I'm the only person who can tell the story of my race of people uh, but also, don't act like I know everything about being yeah. about black being black in America. It's like, well, I'm not allowed to weigh in anymore, and <laughs> yeah, I so can't write about it. So you like we're kind of in a process where like you are the only one who is, is allowed to even talk about. It. And we've ta- we joked about this before in like our group chat. Christian and I, I I think said something similar where it's like, at what point it was when the 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 poet laureate's poems are being translated by a white translator. Yeah. It's like, at what point does it get to a white person can't translate the words of a black person? At what point does it get to, all right, we need to have black teachers teaching black students because white teachers have biases. We need black schools. We need those separate blacks. Like at what point do we like get so far into this that we're regressing as a society? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's just more where you're like, you are pulling things back. People who think this way pull it's a, people back. It's a tug of war. I mean, like, it's a tug of even war, like people like Bill Maher, like, point out, who's like super liberal, but he points out like how crazy it is. I don't, I, I think if you're like woke and liberal and asleep, it could get to that point if you're just not paying attention and you're just like kindergarten logic, just follow the rules that say, yeah. like, black is. You know, this is always good. This is always we bad. We can be honest. No like, nuance. Yeah, we can be honest. In like the liberal social power totem pole, white, straight white guys have the, in the liberal social, yeah. we are the lowest in terms of opinion, uh, weight, like yeah. what would in an argument. I'm not saying in terms of like privilege or right. like class, generally speaking, of course. In terms not. of value. But in terms of like your voice isn't as valid. Yeah. From a basis and people, I, I understand where it comes from because you want to lift up voices that truthfully, undeniably have had less like exposure, right. introduction and whatever in mainstream senses. So it, it's understandable, but it's not a logic to just say, well, you're a white guy or you're or it's like there's not an actual argument like you're not. It's a bad argument, like regardless of like regardless of identity. Yeah. Right. And it's just real quick. I do want to bring it back to Masters of None because 
we were looking for something to watch and we watched both seasons of Masters of None and we really liked that show. And it came back and we're like, oh, Masters of None is Masters of None is back. And then we saw the, like, oh, the whole season is Lena Waithe. And we're like, well, we like that one episode, but I don't want to see a whole season of this. <laughs> right. So we're not I'm not watching it. I just like I don't care about that character. Yeah, that not, much. Not, not as much. Yeah, exactly. It's like when the when it's like the seasoning of the show where they, yeah. they put in some extra side characters. It's like Kramer and Seinfeld. Yeah, like Kramer doesn't need his own sitcom. Like, like when, I don't want no, that Kramer be, yeah. sitcom. That'd yeah. be terrible. Yeah, but if Kramer is a character in a sitcom where he pops in and is funny and then leaves, and it, you know that's kind of like the some characters are like that. And it's like I don't know. It's 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 just a weird move, I guess. And I yeah, get why yeah. he did it, but I wanted to kind of tie this into the Rogan stuff because Joe Rogan is. You know, he got in trouble. I mean, he didn't get in trouble, but you know what I mean? Like, he's getting Joe Rogan's written in trouble, of- allegedly, every week. Yeah. But I, like, I, really. He talks a lot. He doesn't always say the most. He talks a lot. He, he doesn't talks po- for four hours He doesn't tow the party line of uh, wokeness in any way, and that pisses people off. No, but off. he also sometimes, you know, from like an I people's criticism would be, oh, like from an ivory tower, making yeah. these decrees about... He does... I don't know it fully, but there are some things he can say where you're like, that feels like... But he's also like, his defense is he's just talking bullshit. Like, yeah. this guy talks for four hours a day. Well, here's my issue. So he basically said that cancel culture and, like, wokeness is like, where does it end is the argument. Like, and his... I, I think he might have been being hyperbolic when he said it ends with white people not being allowed to go outside or white men not being allowed to go outside and yeah. not being yeah, allowed that's... to talk. And everybody goes, oh, says the white guy from his fucking million dollar sure. show, this, that, the other. But, like, we have to remember is that his show started from himself. He didn't... He His show was purposely made the way it was, and he never had any corporate buyers. Now he has Spotify leasing his show, but he still owns his show. So he built his platform, and every time he does anything, there, people are writing articles trying to like basically get him taken down. So he kind of has a point. I don't know if he made it on purpose, but like when you say, oh, Joe Rogan is sitting here talking from his... his um, his ivory tower or his uh, his uh, p- privilege, whatever, whatever, and he's a rich guy and he's complaining about not being able to. It's like, okay, but he couldn't have had that show on... He couldn't have had that talk show on NBC. Yeah. He couldn't have done his show on any corporate thing because they wouldn't have allowed him. So th- that's an argument for... Uh, he's right. A white guy can't have a show on a primetime network or anything like that that talks what he talks about. It's literally uh, other than Fox News. There's no there. No one would greenlight that idea. So he started it himself. And anytime he says anything, there's an article written about it. And the reason why they read an article about it is because everybody listens to the Joe Rogan. Everybody knows Joe Rogan. And it's very easy to get clicks when you criticize Joe Rogan. That's all mm-hmm. it is. But it is an attempt to like what other than getting clicks, the other sub attempt, if you will, the motive of these writers is to try to get him in trouble, try to get him in hot water. So like every time he says something and people go after him, it almost proves his point. And I'm not a Joe. I don't worship at the altar of Joe Rogan either. I'm not. I like. I like. I appreciate him. And I'm, but, but I mean, I'm not like. I don't. I'm not like the people who listen on, to every I'm, word and go. Yeah. He's the fucking man. You know, I want to go know. on the record. And sometimes when I see some comics say he's a goat. I go, you are just trying to keep getting on that podcast. <laughs> he is, yeah. he's a, you can respect everything, but like, 
Not like a go. Like we're not gonna. He's a good comic. He's a good comic. He's a good but comic. he's not. It's it's insincere to say you are a goat. I'm yeah. sorry. He's a podcasting he's a, goat. He's a sure. He's a podcasting goat. Yeah, for he is, sure. And then it is. It is not a criticism of someone to say they're not the greatest of all time. Yeah. Or around the conversation of like you know the priors that like probably mm-hmm. are just kind of untouchable. Yeah. That's he's just. But every yeah. But people. Pay attention to Joe Rogan because he's famous and big, and then they write stories about it, trying to take him down. But really, all you do is you just like you like you said, you kind of make his points and yeah. have more power about it all. Well, the thing that I think Neil Brennan brought this up, but he was talking about how um, the thing that's crazy is Joe when he got in trouble for saying, "If I was twenty, I wouldn't take a vaccine. If right. I was twenty and healthy, I wouldn't take a vaccine." And then yeah. people are like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit!" And then he's like, the next week or whatever, he's like. Dude, I'm just a guy. Like, why would you listen to me? Like, I don't know what I'm talking He's about. Fucking, yeah, that's and, like, yeah. And Neil Brennan was making the point about he's just really big, so people give a shit what he says. And um, it's kind of like Jon Stewart. Like, The Daily Show started becoming this thing where that's where people got their news from. And he's like, dude, I'm just fucking trying to have a comedy show. Right. But then he just gave up and started having, like, researchers come on and like actually being trying having out of necessity uh, because of his responsibility have having to be responsible like a responsible <laughs> journalist in a weird way and this is like this is not what i set out to do yeah exactly. you guys made me into a real news person but john stewart always would have been willing to say like that's like almost where all part of the power comes from is being able to always be like i claim to not be the smart one or like I don't claim yeah. to have the answers well, and that, I think a lot of people on the yeah. news do that's a yeah. more elegant way of what Joe Rogan says Joe Rogan's like I'm a cage fighting commentary co- commentator he's like what it's why would point. you listen yeah. to me on vaccines and it's like it's true and it's like on the surface a person shouldn't have to adopt a opinion that is responsible to say while they're a comedian, they're trying to entertain on a podcast. But if you are aware of who you, who listens to your podcast and how much influence you have, maybe you should adopt some responsibility. Dude, I don't know. It's a really slippery slope because we, like yeah. Joe Rogan got big because he was that guy. Yeah. So now that they want him to give out health recommendations, it's like, don't we have people for that? We like, don't. We, like, we don't like the CDC recommends two to four scoops of alpha brain every day <laughs> to fight COVID. Alpha brain, it's a nootrop, a nootrop, what's nootropic. the term? Nootropic. And, you know, alpha brain cures COVID. Alpha brain, I mean. <laughs> what is alpha brain? I don't know. I think it's like a workout <laughs> it's supplement. Junk. It's snake oil, probably. It's pills. You know, but if I was on the Rogan experience, I would, I might wear like, Alpha oh, Brain dude. merch. <laughs> <laughs> Show him in a shirt. Alpha Brain, baby. A monster energy drink hat. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to rep monster, man. They'll probably throw you. That, that's the worst thing. Imagine what, like, um, what is like the worst thing to get free from a company? I genuinely think monsters, because it's like, I'm not going to. Oh, like what company is the yeah, worst like, to get free it's stuff like from? It's like funny to wear Monster, but like, boy, it would mean nothing for my life to get a case free cases of Monster. Oh yeah, because it's like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Dr- I don't drink it because it's it's a gross and it's not for me. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of something like motor oil or like some like uh, frisbees, like free. Fr- I just get free frisbees every month. And you're like the swag uh, frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> Any koozie is a terrible, terrible. Uh, Koozies are terrible because it's not that unpleasant to hold a cold drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's fine, man. Even if yeah. it's really cold, it's, it's about keeping the drink cold, not your hands. <laughs> oh shit! Is the cooking right? guy. Oh, shit. Come on, Temperature dude. expert Nicholas Wimmer. Yeah, right? It, it's all about keeping your drink cold is all it is. We well, have the Yeti now. Fuck that. It's a blanket. It warms it up. No, it's an insulator. It keeps it in. Blanket warms it up. No, because your heat from your hand touching aluminum heats ah, up the aluminum, which no. heats up the drink. But if your hand is no, touching a koozie, it, it doesn't get the koozie warm. It doesn't just, transfer that, the heat. No, nah, it's not science. <laughs> that's like somebody who's really, who really it, knows science that like talked an idiot into. <laughs> no, no, no. No, <laughs> so I'm, like I'm sticking to my, I know that there's new information that's definitely right, but I'm like, yeah. I just deny it. It's just no. But like, to you me, can't explain it to me. Koozies are only useful drinking outside when it's warm out. Right. So I guess it's like, how often do you drink outside? If you drink sure. outside a lot for some reason, then you do need a koozie. <laughs> I drink outside a lot. <laughs> so like, yeah, they're essential for like a pool party or like a beach thing or something, in my opinion. Yeah, I love when uh, analogies are like, we keep it cold for like, your water cold for like 72 hours. You're like... I'm not like, let me, I can't wait to quench my thirst in three days. <laughs> it's okay. Like probably 12 is a, that's definitely yeah. enough. Like, oh, thank God I put that beer in a koozie yesterday. <laughs> can't wait to it might home. be flat because I opened it up three yeah. days ago, but at least it's cold. <laughs> oh man. I want to make a point too. I forgot to make this point about when you're talking about writing for like shows and like what color. So like what annoys me a little bit is like, if you're a white person or any person and you want to write on a, I don't know, black show or something, it's like you can't because you can't tell that experience. But at the same time as they criticize a show like Friends for not having any black writers, mm-hmm. but it's like, couldn't you make simply make their, well, that's a white show. That's for white people. Yeah. Why would you want to be involved in that? Like you couldn't, can you speak for white people? Do you yeah. live the life of a white man or white woman? Well, then how can you possibly write for friends? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a poor argument, but, like, that's kind of... Right. Like, you can do the same thing right. in, with anything. So, anyway, that was the last It's point. really weird, yeah, because it's, like, white is universal, but anything else is... Yeah, and that's specific. part of the privilege is, like, white's the <laughs> yeah. default. Right. So, any, everything else is, like, right. you know, yeah. that's that. Like, that's that unique different things so i'm but you know friends is also a show where i'm pretty sure it's like it's not it doesn't exist in the realms of race and you could probably just you could yeah you could kind of just make some characters black or chinese or mexican and you could kind of have the same show like you could right. just have a handsome black guy. Well, play. if they casted it now, they would do that, and it would the like a sitcom but, yeah. like that doesn't. You could into not have issues. a show yeah. that has is an ensemble cast with I think eight yeah. people, six people, uh, six, yeah, six is it? Isn't okay, it three of each. I, I think so. Know. Yeah, it's three. You of each. couldn't have a all, six white people ensemble cast. I'm not saying like, damn, I won. I'm so bummed about that, but you just couldn't. And I, I don't think it makes entertainment better to just. Isn't the Big Bang Theory all white? Big Bang yeah, Theory. Yeah, that was all white. White. No, there's the, the the one. Oh, yeah, but so that was also Asian that's also like whatever, eleven yeah. years now. Oh, there's an like an Indian guy. Yeah, there's an Indian guy. There's an, there's yeah. an Indian guy, and that's also eleven years ago. Um, uh, there's the the Friends 
reunion is on one of these <laughs> yeah. HBO things, and I haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys have it's seen it. It's already up. This I, I don't even know if it's out. I just saw I just saw a trailer for it and okay. stuff. And I just like guarantee you they're going to address so that you didn't have that many black people in the show, and it's going to be an embarrassing really? thing where everyone goes, "Well, listen, now we know the importance of representation. One of them's going to be married to a black person. Yeah, exa- as like yeah, ten years later. No, 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 no. They're doing it like they did life. the Fresh Prince. I, I hope they play it really crass and tastelessly where it's like a scandal yeah. they're all racist they're all like, secretly <laughs> and it's like oh my god they really made these characters fucked in the head no, from what I understand it's not it's like the French the Fresh Prince one where it's a conversation They all the cast sits oh, down oh really talk. it's not like a, they're not that's doing not a show episode. that's not a show that's yeah. just that's, that's not a show that's a conversation that's not a show that's yeah a, I don't know Whatever. someone asked Whatever me you want to call it. so the Friends reunion came up and the commercial came up and someone asked me uh who do you think needs this the most? <laughs> I was like, that's a good question. All right, so let's knock Jennifer Aniston off. Doesn't need it. Let's See, that's my initial thought. But then I'm like, Uh-oh. the fact that she doesn't need it and she's doing it makes me think she needs it. <laughs> no, I think she. I think she's the one that she's probably the last domino to fall. Right. There will never be an NSYNC reunion because... Timberlake. There's a commercial on on TV three now of with three, three of them. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and they, they call them that. They yeah. go, "Why? What's up, three of five members of Insane?" <laughs> it's like, yikes! <laughs> How do they not just go? Hey. Uh, they should just say, "Hey, what's up, the guys who aren't Justin Timberlake?" Yeah. <laughs> We're here to just collect the check. Yeah. Um, is it four or five in Insane? By the way, five. Okay, enjoy Fatone. Who's uh, you know what? Joy Fatone has ridden the wave of. I'm just smiling and here to yeah. just keep being he's in showbiz. Hey. I'm just happy to be here. He has ridden it gracefully, he's, I will say. He's the kind of dude that can do the Bill Murray thing of just showing up at people's parties you and just like, like it. getting a plate for himself and be like, are you Joey Vitone? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. you might have a hang? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Dude. He's not a star, but he's like, I'll host a show on the Game Show Network. It's a bullshit content yeah. filler. Right. I'll fucking be around. I'll do Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I'll do Help, I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here well, when they reboot it. There's this reality TV show on Netflix that's all the rage right now with the kids. It's called The Circle. And I started watching it with Sarah. And um, It's like Road Rules. Kind of, it, it, yeah, it's hard to explain. It's, it's a mixture of those things. It's a competition show. Basically, is like every, it's an apartment complex. Every person has their own apartment. They're not allowed to talk to anybody on in the show in person. It's all done through a thing called The Circle, which is like a Facebook messenger, essentially. So you can send messages and talk to the other people who are there you on the show. know who you're talking to? So that's the thing. Anonymous? So that you can be – everybody has a name and a picture, but it can be a catfish. So you can be on the show as yourself or you could be a catfish. So one of the things is Lance Bass is on the show. So there's a group of people. They're talking to a computer screen. One of them is Lance Bass, but the it's fuck? not Lance Bass. It's his assistant who is catfishing as Lance Bass. Okay. And the goal is to try to win 100K by being like a ruthless player. So you can either go in as yourself and try to play it straight or you go in as a catfish trying to get influenced that way. Anyway, long story short is I was like, why Lance Bass? And it's like, because he needs it. You know what I mean? Because Lance Bass wouldn't go on the show himself, so he hired his assistant to go yeah. on the show as him. So he's still in like the zeitgeist of he's things. He's still in the zeitgeist. Yeah. But like, like, he name, doesn't have to be in it. My name is out there, Lance Bass. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm but still I, here, Lance Bass. And the funny thing is, is like a lot of the contestants on the show are like in their early 20s. Half of them have no idea who Aww, Lance Bass is. And I'm like, that's, that's the funniest shit that's ever. That's a shame. <laughs> They're like, who's this 40-year-old guy? I think like, he spent all his money trying to go to space, right? Wasn't that the oh, thing? I, don't, I have no idea. I have no nothing about He spent about a lot it. of money trying to go to space, and he didn't. Uh, they didn't let him go. He launched again opposite... 
Jeff Bezos is like whatever it's called, like SpaceX. Yeah. And Elon Musk's rocket company is like, all right, Lance Bass's space company. My budget is $18 million. It wasn't even that. It wasn't like he's like, I'm, you know, we got to go to space guy. So I want to have my own rockets. He's like, can I just tag along? And they're like, absolutely no. not. We don't want no. gay guys in space. <laughs> Jesus, come on. Maybe if maybe Justin Timberlake, but not you. Yeah. That's the next, that's the next, the next racism. The next, like, no, no, the oh. next, uh, the Prince next Hollywood movie is it's, you know, it's the Brokeback Mountain, but in space <laughs> <laughs> and the, the screenwriters pitching it. Or they're just like, all right, it's Brokeback Mountain meets Moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if, like, they start, movie. like, because I was listening to this podcast where this guy's talking about the future of uh, space mining, basically going to the moon and mining all the, like, helium-3, apparently. A truck full of helium-3, which is an element in moon rocks, can power the U.S. for a year. Oh, my God. We so need it's, like, super valuable. Basically, Jeff Bezos is, like, trying to get there so that he can take over the moon oh. and, and oh, start no, mining it's it. literally set. But he was, it's like seriously like Dr. Evil plan. But, uh, but he was just basically too. laying out like the future of what that would actually look like. And he's talking about like basically what would happen is like it would become the old West in that like miners would go up there and just have to like set up colonies and stuff and just go out there for work. And it would be basically be like Chilean people, like low income people that They're go up die. there to work. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, a bunch not, of them are going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of them are going to die. And then a bunch of them are like never going to be able to come back home because their bodies just wouldn't take it. And it's like, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. But it'd be Sherpas. It'd be kind of like, yeah. yeah, there's going to be like moon racism though of like, <laughs> goddamn earthies. Like, <laughs> 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 you sound like an earther. Get out of here. Go back to earth. <laughs> I, I hear like the instinct when you're like Jeff Bezos is trying to get them. And it's like, everybody thinks about the sinister side of it. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is like it's he like, only becomes more powerful if he lets everybody have the energy. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like we have these ideas and like these, these fucking conspiracies that we hear all the time about like, you know, QAnon and the, the vaccine. My favorite one is like the vaccine is, um, it's like everybody's gonna drop dead who took the vaccine, and it's like, there's so, it's just such a funny conspiracy. There's a, like my dad apparently was on it. It's basically like, the idea is they're 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 giving everybody a vaccine, and then they're gonna kill everybody, and then like At the once. Freemasons are gonna take over, and then this that take and the over other. what? But that's the thing though. I was like, <laughs> What's dude, left? like if I have the choice between taking the vaccine and dying. Or not taking the vaccine and then having to live in the world with a bunch of people who refuse to take the vaccine. Just, I would die. I would die today. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who wants to live that, dude? I never understood people who want to survive the apocalypse. It makes no sense. Why do you want to live in a world of marauders eating and raping? Right. Like, it might what? be a bloodbath. Yeah, like front it's of a such vehicle. a stupid fantasy. Like, I live off the land, and I'll, I'll, it's like it's, there's a there's a difference between living dude. and existing. Like existing this, is not that important to me. The, Doom, Living is. Yes, Doomsday <laughs> Preppers highlights the the fun, the comedy of how much these people devote. They vote they devote their entire like existence. Some of them basically people, Doomsday Preppers are not poor. They're really yeah. rich. Yeah. If you watch the show, you have to buy like a fucking. It's silo. a privilege. It kind of <laughs> is. I'm like I I email them. This is white privilege, <laughs> but they're rich. So. The thing is, is like they devote like their existence 
they've done wild shit where like he's like here's my like fucking tent or not tent here's my like uh, com turret my like turret that I snipe in and he took a shot with his friend in and he ruined his friend's ear there's been one where a guy like shot his thumb off accident they do fucking stupid and the point is they devote everything to fucking doomsday prepping and at the end of the episode the experts weigh in on how long they would last in a fucking apocalypse and like it still is like five months. <laughs> and just the yeah. idea that you are sacrificing your family's well-being, your own well-being, you're living a less complete life for this arbitrary idea, abstract idea that one day yeah. I will survive for four more months one right. day in a work shit-ass out. world. But you yeah. know what it also reeks of? It's like the only... Like, I have no means of being an important person in this world. The yeah. only thing that's going to make me feel important is, is if, if everything everybody crumbles, dies. <laughs> everybody dies, and then I'm left with my food and shelter, By and then default. I can be the one who say It's like, how perverse is your idea of, like, yeah. your? Uh, <laughs> it's like the fucking craziest thing. And also, it's like, if you're, if you're a person who's, let's say this whole vaccine thing's true, and this, that, and the other, they're trying to kill a bunch of people. The group of people who you would want to kill are not the ones who voluntarily right. took the vaccine. It's yeah. the other people who refused. So if anything, if anything's happening, it's to all you idiots who refuse to take it. You're the rebels who uh, you're fucking, you're just dumb. I don't know what to say. That Bill Burr had fizzled a... Fizzled out pretty quick. But. No, but that's a great point. Bill Burr called, he actually talked about that on a Conan. He was on Conan like a day or two ago. And he said uh, a version of... He called the people who aren't taking the vaccine, he called them Fonzies. <laughs> I was just like, they're cool guys. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, wow, he found the perfect word choice. Rather yeah. than just going like, you fucking idiots, he was like, <laughs> he, it was like a funnier way to call them moron. They yeah. are, yeah. Be, doing that lifestyle is moronic, but it's kind of funny to, to like, mock him using this like, uh, stereotypical cool Ooh, guy. the cool guy. Hey. That's hilarious. And I think uh, that's a good place to wrap it up. Okay, yeah. Was that an Call. hour? Yeah, it was. Dude, Holy shit. Live is more fun. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Oh, my God. I see why was... Rogan does three hours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got another six hours. <laughs> Let's do the longest. Wait. Should we do a thing? You're going to have to agree. We set the world record for longest podcast ever. Oh, boy. And well, even if it's just like I'll fucking put on a lob and live my life. Like I'll yeah. be peeing and. Like, you're not here. Well, you can also have your guests just continue. <laughs> you don't actually have yeah. to talk the whole time. That's yeah. true. I could br- keep bringing people in for the yeah. 24-hour podcast. We could, we'd have to do it in shifts. Yeah, and then you go to sleep, and then your guests start talking. That's yeah, a good idea. we'd we'll have to. Two weeks yeah. I'm pretty right. sure there's an upload limit on the size of that, doing yeah. 24 <laughs> hours of recording. But you could, yeah, that'd be, oh, man. <laughs> you just start li- we'd going to shift right now, guys. We have the shifts where like Brett does a shift with like yeah. a couple guests and then I come in. I give only you the graveyard shift alone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome it's to like, Midnight with Rick. <laughs> the Nightbird. I'm playing Charles Mingus. <laughs> Here's some cool hits for your <laughs> hip cats out there. All right, so I'll do I'll do 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. What does 8 to midnight? Christian, you got 1 a.m. to 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take back over at 9 a.m. Um, uh, oh boy. That's really funny. Um, you just slowly go mad after like <laughs> two weeks. Week two, my guest is Mr. Fuzzles, my cat. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, all right. Where you guys? Uh, what do you guys want to plug? Um, follow me on Instagram, I guess Nick underscore Whitmer, and is. follow and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. It's uh, Whitmer, yep. Nick Whitmer, youtube.com slash Nick Whitmer. Check it out. Breckcoin will be launching next week, uh, probably Tuesday. So if you want to get in pre market, shoot me an email, burial at gmail.com. I'm buying some. Uh, otherwise, uh, you should get in because I have a good feeling we're gonna be doing, a, we're gonna launch. This is. I'm still semantically considering a pre-market, even though it will be on a trading exchange. Hundred thousand tokens, ten cents a token will be. I think if we can set at the starting price. So, you know, I have a good feeling about it. Go to breckcoin.org, learn more. Sounds good. Christian Duran comedy for all your Christian Duran needs. Uh, King Latif on all streaming platforms. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Cool. You have one love. You see, uh... one love.